Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Today, the value of resurrection today, what does it still mean today? I want to take you, as we all know, we have this coronavirus going on. And we have this pandemic going on. And as we look at resurrection through the eyes of those that have gone before us, those that have, 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 have had a witness this kind of events, and how they kind of responded. The first person before I go through the scriptures, I want to first of all point at people who are patriots in the gospel. One popular name is a man called Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon at the age of 19 was called to be a pastor of a church in London. The church is called Park, um, New, New Park Street Chapel. When he got to London, that was when there was the cholera outbreak. And people were dying. And the way Charles, as a young boy, the way he responded to it, it led to become a great harvest for the kingdom of God. These are times that if we don't understand the message of resurrection, the church will not be able to respond to the needs of the world right now. But this man, one of the things that stood them out was that it seemed like when everybody was panicking, they had a kind of peace in their hearts. Things seemed to be settled for them. Let us see what Charles Spurgeon said when he was, when he was within those, those days. He said, Who is the man that does not fear to die? I tell you, the man I tell you, the man that is a believer, <coughs> fear to die. Thank God, I do not. Cholera may come again next summer. I pray, I pray God, it will not. But if it does, it doesn't matter to me. But if it does, it doesn't matter to me. He said, I will tell, I will visit the sick now. Please remember that in, in, in their own context, the, the, the situation was a bit different, but yet it was killing people. He said, I will do, basically he was saying that I will do the work of God until I drop. If he takes me, sudden death is sudden glory. So when these guys were walking in their days, there was a, a hope there was something that was pushing them and that thing kept drawing people to them. 
That thing kept drawing people to them. Another person I will look at before we go into our scriptures is a man called Martin Luther. This was 1527. When the um, bubonic plague came across in Germany, when everybody was running elter-skelter, and people were saying, what will a Christian do? Shall a Christian run? What will a Christian do? And let us see what he said in his own days. He said, I shall ask God for mercy to protect us. I will fumigate. That means that I would, the ones that they are telling us, wash your hands and things like that, said, I would, I would ask, I shall ask God for mercy to protect us. I will fumigate. I will purify the hair. I would administer medicine and take it. He said, I would not avoid the, I would, shall avoid the places where my presence is not needed in order not to contaminate and inflict and pollute others so not to cause the death as a result of my negligence. Let's read on that. If God, now this is where, this is their own thinking. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. I have done, I have done, sorry, he said, I have done what he has expected of me. So I am, I am not responsible, neither for my own death or the death of others. So this man will say, you know what, if death comes, it doesn't matter to us. So this kind of confidence, this kind of joy is what, is what people saw as a difference. There was something that they knew and people knew that, you know, this person, while everybody saying, hey, they say, no, said, it is not a problem. But please remember what we are saying here. This man, this hero in the Christendom said, I will take the precautions required. But if it happens and death knocks on the door, it is not a problem. Now, the question is that we need to now begin to understand what this guy saw. As we find out what does resurrection really mean. And we would see, we would start from John chapter 14, verse 27, when Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These were things that Charles Spurgeon, Martin Luther did not only quote, they understood it. It was settled in their mind. It was a fact that was settled in their mind. So as we begin to look at these settled states in their hearts, what were they so confident about. First Corinthians chapter 15. This is the from verse 16 to 20. He said, but he said, for if the dead did not rise, if the dead did not rise, then Christ has not risen. 
He said, if Christ is not risen, then our faith is futile. In fact, there is another part in the scripture we will get. He said, we will be the most miserable human being on earth. If, if, if death is the end for us, then we would be the most miserable. He said, you shall, he said, you shall still be in your sin. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have in this life only hope in Christ, then we are above all men the most pitiable. So what he's saying is that if our hope, if the only thing that Jesus gives for us, the confidence that we have, is that we will only survive in this world. He said that we are not different from any other person. This was what was the strength of these guys when they were moving forward in their own days. When they survived the plague of their own time, they did not only survive, they brought people to God. They brought people to God. Now, as we begin to look at resurrection, so they are saying that, see, they are saying that we are not, see, what happens is that when a man dies without Christ, it is as if it has been, he has been kept in a locked box forever. But a man that dies in Christ, is as if death is a tunnel into a better life. So, the perspective of death, for that is what the Bible was talking about, that the power of death, what does the power of death mean? Is that he holds you in. When that man dies, he cannot, that is the, he has lived his best life. Whatever he's going to face now is blocked totally. And we will get there. But I want to first of all point out something to us. Because I see that, you know, at times we, where people, we, we read the story about when Jesus rose Nazareth up. And Jesus spoke about, I am the resurrection and the life. We would, we would examine, we would examine that part. We would examine that part again when we will be looking at the resurrection and the life. What was Jesus talking about? Now, I want to first of all let you know that Jesus rose, rose a couple of people up in the Bible. He wasn't only Nazareth. And he did not talk about resurrection. Before Jesus came, people resurrected people. That does not qualify them to be the resurrection. When we talk about the resurrection of people that are died, dead in this world and bring them back in this world, that is a testimony of what is possible in the world to come. There is what the Bible calls the powers of the world to come. Hebrews chapter 5, verse, he said, they have tasted 
Now, these people, they have tasted the word, the good word of God, and the powers of the age to come. So that means that there is an ability in the age to come. What is the age to come? The age to come where there will be no sickness, the age to come where there will be no pain, the age to come where, where, where there will be no death. So if I pray for somebody and I call them and, and I, I pray for them to be healed and they get healed, what I have done is that I have reached out to the ability in the world to come and brought it to this world. So when, when people raise people from the dead, it is a testimony of what is available at the other side. So what I'm trying to say is that as you read, as we read John 11, it's called that Jesus was separating issues. When, when the woman started off by saying, is the matter said, and Jesus, she said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother will have been my brother would not have died. But I know that whatsoever you ask God, He will give to you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. At this point, Jesus was talking to her about the resurrection that he will get at that time. But she now went further into a path that Jesus had to go straight and make a statement at that point in time. She said, and he said to me, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the dead, of, of, of the last day. Let's read it. And Jesus said to her, see, we are, talking, we are talking two different things. You are talking about me raising up Nazareth. That is not resurrection. Of the last day. So when Jesus was going to resurrect, Jesus said, wait a minute, I am the resurrection of life. So what he's saying is that, see, it is, Jesus did not resurrect Nazareth alone because he was the resurrection of life. Why? Because other people resurrected people. So what Jesus was responding to was the statement that she made to talk about the resurrection of the last day. So when Jesus responded to Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Even though he may die. So that means that he's saying that everyone that would rest, this resurrection I'm talking about, people would die, but they would live again. He said, and whosoever lives, sorry, sorry, and whosoever lives, believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? Then, she now got the statement right. She got the conversation of what Jesus was saying. Then he said, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the one who has came, who came the, the Son of God, who came into the world. Or you read another verse and say, you are the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus was saying that, oh, correct your theology. That's what Jesus, Jesus kind of corrected and said, you know what? I am here to raise your body, your, boy, your, your brother up. But that's not what we are saying. When you quote that scripture, no, that's not what we are talking here. What we are talking here is that I am here to raise your brother. But when you are talking about the resurrection of death, that of the last day, that is what I am all about. May God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how does this affect us? 
Let's read Hebrews. He said, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. He says, Inasmuch as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself, that is Jesus, likewise partook in the same, that though death might destroy him, and he who had the power of death, that is the devil. So the Bible says that what happened here is that as a result of sin, as a result of the nature of the human body, Jesus had, the devil had the power to destroy that body. That was why when Jesus was talking, when Jesus said, destroy this temple in two days, in three days, in, 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 today, and in three days time, I would, I would raise it up. He was talking about the human, the human body that God created. That you can only, whatever you do to that body, if you believe in me, that body, that person would resurrect again in life. And Jesus said, and release those who through fear of death all through their life were subject to bondage. People who are afraid of dying. He said, he said that's what he did, what resurrection did, is to release them of that fear. That's why you see someone like Charles Spurgeon would rather say, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. John chapter 2 verse 19, that's what Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Now, this is very important to the Christian faith. If you are thinking, if you are not a Christian, you're thinking, why are Christians so confident? Why are they, why is it that even, even when they go to, even when they see, I was, I was, I was, I, I watched um, a movie one day of, um, I've gotten this, this prison in America, which is like the most violent prison. And you know, and when they go to bury one of them, because, um, because you know, most of them in that place are sentenced to life imprisonment. And when they, when they, when they, or their deaths by whatever it is, and when they go to go and um, um, uh, bury themselves after they giving their life to Christ, they will be dancing. You will see the joy in their heart because they understood what resurrection meant. They understood what what resurrection meant. I will still get to the part of where you know where where we can. There are some things that are major in the resurrection conversation. And there are what I can call deductions of the benefits of it. Deductions of the benefits of it. Jesus called them, they are weightier matters. So as we go on, that's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. He said, I delight, I deliver to you first of all. So that means that what he's saying is that that is the first priority for me. That which I also received. 
that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. Now, what is he saying? That this is the foundation. If you don't understand this as a Christian, if you don't understand what resurrection means for you, you would not, you would, you would not be different from every other person. Anything will scare you. When Jesus said, let your heart be at peace, you, you, when Jesus said, my peace have I given to you, you will still be worried. <laughs> because you don't understand what he means when he says, my peace have I given to you. That's why the Bible says that in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, it said, God raised him, having loosed the pains of death, because it is impossible, because it was impossible that he would be held by it. So that means that death tried to hold Jesus back. What we are trying to say is that, sorry, I don't know if I, if I, is that, let me use this oil as an example. It's as if when a man dies without Christ, as soon as, it's as if this oil, that, like, just like you have this oil, as this oil is poured into it, so do men, men are poured into it. But the problem with this oil is that once this is closed, they can, there is no way out here. But, and so when a man dies, it's like, and has no Christ, it's like this, it's like oil in this, the way you have this oil now, it cannot, there is no way to go out. So what, Je let's say that Jesus is this oil, for example. Let's say Jesus is this oil. So what is happening is that death was trying to make sure he holds him down in that place so that he would not be able to come out at the other side. And that was what death was able to do to everyone. But when resurrection came, the Bible says death couldn't so the lead here was removed. So as Jesus came out at the other side, he came out victorious. So this thing only became a channel. It did not become a container. It could not, death could not hold people back again. It can only take them. As that's why the Bible says that the sting of death has been removed. So it is only a channel for Christians. It is not the hand. But unfortunately for those who have not come to understand the peace that Jesus is offering, it is a blocked hand. In fact, even in those days, in the days of Jesus, everybody tried to make sure that it did not happen. Matthew chapter 27 from verse 64 to 66, it says, Therefore, command the tomb, the, command that the tomb be secured until the third day. Least his disciples come by night, steal him away, and say to, people, to the people that he has risen from the dead. So, so the last deception 
will be worse than before. Let's go. He says, but Pilate said to them, you have a God. You go your way. Make, make it secure as you know how to. So, so they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting a guard on it. So it was, it was properly secured. Why? Because death was making sure that it did not resurrect. Because the devil understood what it would mean. See, if a Christian doesn't understand these things, you would, see, there are, and that is why at times, it seems that the, the topic of resurrections have been, have been, we, we are talking about deductions. Deductions like, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it shall quicken your mortal body. Those are deductions. There is the main content of it. Why Jesus came. And what he did to ensure that nobody is kept in the grave. Romans chapter 6 verse 9. He said, knowing this, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. So he said, you must understand this. See, that is why, that is why the Christian dome has moved Sunday to the first of the week. So that no Christian will ever forget. The reason why you worship on Sunday, which is marked the beginning of the week, and not on Sabbath, like you have the Jewish do, is that on Sunday was the day he resurrected. So they were looking for a way that Christians would never forget this. And say, no, when we gather on Sunday and we are rejoicing, you are remembering the day that Jesus came. That is why, if you read um, um, uh, the Matthew, Matthew 28, I think that we, he said, the Bible says, on the first day of the week. On the first day of the week. That is why Christians gather on Sunday. To mark that day as the day of resurrection. He said, for death, for, death that he, for the death that he died, he died to sins once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, all you also reckon yourself as still dead to the sin and alive to God. Reckon means that it is not something that you, because, because resurrection happened does not mean that you automatically benefit from it. That's why I said, reckon, reckon yourself. That is, reckon comes from the word reconcile. Align yourself to that truth. He said, knowing this, now reconcile yourself to that truth. The question we are asking as we begin to, to bring this more to, to a close is that, do you reckon, are you reconciled yourself to that truth? How well is that truth settled inside of you? Because Paul was talking about this when he was talking to Thessalonians. In Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, 
verse 13 to 14. He said, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others sorrow, like those who have, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So what he's saying is that we, when we cry when somebody is gone, we only cry because we will miss them for a while. Not that we will never see them again. He said, brethren, please don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Paul was just living that kind of life. The man was so, so sold out. In, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to 21, he says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. See, that guy was so, because he, that was why when he prayed that prayer, that I may know him and the power of resurrection. Once he got to understand what the power of resurrection means, Paul was saying, oh, see, if I'm here, it's okay. If I'm not, oh God, I will see him. Why? Because I, am, I have come into that life. That is the, res the power of resurrection as we continue to look at it. Now, that is the core message of resurrection. That knowing this, we now reconcile ourselves to begin to live in that way. Two things I would point out as we go. One major thing is that if I'll share this this morning, might be a little bit. But please, God, God, may God give us understanding. When Jesus said, destroy this body, I'll build it in three days. He was referring, your body is the temple of God. So what he's saying is that no matter what sin has brought you down to a point, if the resurrection ability of God is inside that body, it would raise it up. It would make it to live beyond the natural limits. That is why the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now, the first thing it helps you to do is to defeat sin. The, the power of resurrection, the first thing it aligns to you is to align you to, to live above sin. You can break addiction. Because you were not created after, you were created after the, the resurrected body of Christ. There was a reason why when Jesus was talking, Jesus said, I would build my church and the gates of hell would not prevail. Please notice, it did not say, I have built my church. What was the difference? Because the church has to be built after the resurrected body of Christ. 
there was a difference in the Jesus that went through to Calvary and the resurrected body. Because the Jesus that went through to Calvary, sin could hold him down. But the Jesus that resurrected, defeated a life of sin. So as we begin to reconcile ourselves to the resurrected body of Christ, we would begin to believe and reconcile ourselves that because Jesus resurrected today and defeated it, every addiction, every struggle that I have, every limitation of the flesh, either sickness whatsoever, I, by the quickening of the Holy Spirit, I can live above that. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. The last thing I also point out as we look at the doctrines. Ephesians chapter 4. One of the things that also happened in, in the resurrection. He said, 4 verse 7. 4 from verse 7, we read verse 7 and 8. Then he said, But to each one he gave us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, when he ascended, he left, he led the captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. So, on, on the day of resurrection, Jesus did not only leave us. The Bible says on the day of his ascension, he only brought, he gave us gifts. After he resurrected, he gave us gifts. And what are these gifts for? From verse 12. Ephesians 4 from verse 12. He says, For the equipping of saints for the edifying when you are saying edifying that means you are building something up of the body of Christ till we come to the unity of faith till we become till we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man full stature of Jesus So what we are saying today is that on the day Jesus resurrected and ascended into heaven, he gave us gifts. And this gift is for us to be able to build us up for the church to be strengthened and come to a place where we can stand boldly and declare that sickness will leave. We will stand boldly and say and, and, and come to the fullness of Christ. See, what does the fullness of Christ mean? That means that when, when, the, when the church, when the Christian is walking, when you come to the full stature of Christ, you, when, you would be as Jesus is. When you walk in your home, you would be like Jesus is. Your character would match that of Jesus. 
when you pray, your response will be the response Jesus will get. When you cast out demons, they will respond. The Bible says one of the things that happened as a result of his ascension is that he surrendered gifts to us so that we can be equipped. I don't know if you are in a part of life or in this journey as it is, we are struggling. We need, we need equipment. And that is what we'll be praying to God for. That is what we'll be praying to God for. Let's go back to the... He said, he said, yeah, that's, he said, first off, sorry, man. He said, first off, he says, this gift is to equip us. So resurrection is not only for you to sit down at home and say, oh, Jesus is resurrected. No, he equipping the equipment of you how you be equipped God has surrendered those gifts to the church so that means that I should not be living my life not fully equipped because Jesus has given everything he has released those gifts and we trust that as we close this session God will grant us grace and understanding. The first thing we need to first of all do before we sing the hymn before, for prayers is that if you are watching and you are yet to understand the peace that Christians have or the Christians like Charles Spurgeon have in this time probably because you have not reconciled yourself to the provision that Jesus gave. You know, somebody said to Raya Bonke, he said, if the sin, if the blood of Jesus was shed to wipe away the sins of the world, if the blood of Jesus was shed to clean, to, to wipe away all sickness. If the blood of Jesus was shed, he said, then why do we see our people that are still living in sin? Why do we see our people that are committing all kind of atrocities? <coughs> and Rad Bonke answered, he said, is it everybody that has soap in their house that takes their bath? He said, you can buy all the soap in the world. Put it in your cupboard. He said, until you apply it to a sponge and you rub it on your body, you will still be dead. He said, so because the blood of Jesus is available, except you reach out for it and you apply it to yourself, it will just be the blood. The power of resurrection of Christ can be available except you reach out and you say, God, I receive your peace. I, I 
heart know that I want to begin to live my life at the way you want me to. Jesus, I want to understand it. If you are there and you are still you're still confused about it, our prayer is going to be this. I want you to pray to God like Paul prayed. I want to know you, Jesus, and the power of your resurrection. Lord, I want to know you, Jesus, and the power of your resurrection. I don't just want to, you know, enjoy Easter. I want to know you, Jesus, and the power of your resurrection. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most precious name. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.